I just feel like speaking this. I believe by the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Are you ready? What if it happens now? What is the thing you did yesterday that will not let you go? What is the thing you did last week that will not let you go? What is the condition of your heart towards God? And don't tell me I've got my own understanding of the Bible. Because this is where people miss it. They have their own understanding of the Bible. The Bible says, be holy. Oh no, I have my understanding of holiness. The Bible says, don't neglect the gathering together of yourselves. Oh, I have my understanding of that verse. The Bible says that the word of God is not open to any private interpretation. No private interpretation. You can't say this is what I think it is. It's not what you think it is. It is what it is. Holy living will guarantee a place when the rapture takes place. I'm going to it looks like I'm going to preach some things here right now. All the stuff of the flesh, they will hold you back. They will hold you back. Let's just preach some repentance today. We continue with revival on, uh, on, on, on Monday. But repentance is revival. God will call his people to repentance before God pours out his spirit. God will call his people to repentance before revival comes. Repentance from what? Repentance from a life of sin and the flesh. Repent. Change your mind. Repent. Change your mind. Change your attitude. Change your views. Change your understanding. If you repent... You would not just change your mind, you would also change your act. The way a man thinks, so is the man. Come on now, say amen. I believe God is calling us to repentance. God is calling people to repentance. Repent from a lack of prayer. Uh, uh, re repent from prayerlessness. Repent from a lack of the study of the word. Repent from this nonchalant attitude towards the things of God. Repent. Repent. Repent from all sexual sin. Repent. Repent. Repent from worldliness. Repent. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For he that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So don't deceive yourself to think you love the world and you love the Lord. It don't work that way. Repent. 
Repent. Repent from every known sin. Repent. Repent. Praise God. Repent. 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 Acts chapter 2. We shall give. We will give. <coughs> Go me to Acts chapter 2. Acts 2. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 2, have you found it? Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Ghost has been poured out. We can, if you read from verse number one, and it was noised abroad, and people came from all over the place. Look at verse verse number number eight. And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Persians and Medes, and Elamites, and they dwell us in Mesopotamia and in Judea, and Cappadocia, in, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking. Watch this now. Others were mocking. Others were mocking what God was doing. Is it not interesting? Others were mocking this glorious move of God. You see, you see the same thing today. God is at work, God is moving, God is introducing something to man, and others are mocking what God's doing. These are people that were not sensitive to the Spirit of God. And the fact that somebody is in church does not mean they are sensitive to the Spirit of God. The fact that somebody is in church does not mean they know what God is saying. You and I would agree that this is God moving right here. On the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God is poured out. And people came around. And they were mocking. They were what? Mocking. I mean there are mockers today. They mock the things of God. They mock these things we talk about. They think it's stupidity to speak the way we speak. But like they say, the end will justify the means. We shall find out who is stupid. We shall find out who has been telling the truth. But I pray that you 
are not taken by, by accident. I pray that you are not caught napping. I pray that you are ready when it happens. I pray that you don't... Some people are deluded. They are delusional. They don't even have an idea of what is happening. They think they are okay, but in actual fact they are not. So they mock because they think they are right. You cannot win a debate with God. Like I said earlier, God has his definition of holiness. God has his definition of being in church. God has his definition of righteousness. Come on, say amen. amen. God has his definition of fellowship. God has his definition of prayer. You can't come up with your own definition. This is what I think it is. No, it is not open to private interpretation. Holiness means what? Holiness. It means living a holy life. It means living a life of purity. Not opening up your ears. Not opening up your eyes to the things that will defile you spirit and soul. Close your eyes. Close your ears to everything that will mess you up on the inside. Are you listening to me? And I've noticed for this, this last one year, six months, if you notice what the devil has done, I believe what the devil has done is shut the church so that people will be more busy with the world. And as people were busy with the world, they were bombarded with all kinds of worldly stuff. <clears throat> These guys came when God was moving mightily and they were mocking my God, how can you mock the things of God? But people mock the things of God because they think it's stupidity. That's why they mock. The Bible even warns us in the book of Psalm 1 not to sit with mockers. There are people that mock. The Bible says we shouldn't, we shouldn't even sit with them. If I get into a conversation with somebody and they start talking nonsense about God, I'm done. Bye-bye, love you. Get away from here. I'm telling you. Especially, especially when they call themselves Christians. Oh, pastor, I go to church. You go to church and you still live like that? You go to church and you still talk like that? You go to church and you still carry yourself like that? Has the word and the spirit of God not changed you? It's getting so quiet in this church today. It's getting so quiet. I know today we're not ha 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 ha. But the thing about this kind of message, when I hear it, is if I'm free, I rejoice. See, if you are free, you rejoice. But if you're not free, you cannot rejoice. You repent. You do what? You repent. So they came and they were mocking. Verse number 15. All this mocking said, these men are full of new wine. These men are crazy. These men have been drinking. They woke up very early. 
and they started drinking alcohol. But I want you to notice, it was 9 a.m. in the morning. Except you have a major drinking problem. <laughs> you know, there are people with major drinking problems. They wake up in the morning and they hit the bottle. They wake up in the morning and that's their breakfast. And, and alcohol, <laughs> let's talk about alcohol. Pastor, is it, is it good if a Christian drinks a little? Pastor, what, what, if, uh, what if I just drink a little, just a sip? I don't drink. The believer in Christ should have no business with alcohol. No business. And don't even argue with me in your head. <laughs> yeah, because some of you are arguing. I know. Some of you are arguing in your head. Oh, what about this? What about that? This is not just a matter of right or wrong. This is a matter of testimony. If you get to a certain level in God, you begin to understand some things. It's not just a matter of right. Is it right to drink alcohol? Will it take me to hell? It may not, but it may take you to heaven sooner. Is it right or wrong? Will it take me to hell? It may not take you to hell, but it will destroy your testimony. It may not take you to hell, but it might destroy the faith of weak ones amongst us. That's why Paul said, if eating meat will make my brother stumble, I won't eat it. Nothing wrong in eating meat, but if it's going to make my brother fall because his faith is weak, then I'm not going to eat meat. I'll refrain from eating meat. That is the mentality of a mature believer. So if I'm speaking to mature believers, then praise God. But if I'm speaking to immature believers, okay, I understand that maybe you want to drink uh, once in a while. But I don't want to have anything to do with bottles. I don't want to have anything to do with alcohol. I don't want to come under the influence of that spirit. Even the name itself is spirit. I will not allow myself by the grace of God to come under the influence of anything that will bind me. You deal with people every now and then that are bound by the spirit of alcohol. They are addicted to alcohol. They can't even break free. They can't help themselves. So I want to be careful how I live my life. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christian. Because I'm a child of God. I want to be careful how I live my life. In everything I do, the Bible says, we've got to learn how to do things in moderation. In everything you do, the Bible says, do them to the glory of God. Because you know you... 
You give an opportunity to that thing. Before you know it, you're giving another opportunity to something else. Before you know it, something else. Before you know it, before you know it, your life is filled with all kinds of things that you are now having to fight off because you opened the door to one thing. I will come under the bondage of nothing. I will come under the control of nothing. I want to come under the control of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. Can someone say amen? Amen. (laughs) These men are drunk, they said. See. See, they were mocking because they also know that alcohol will mock you. It mocks people. People have got pregnant because they got drunk. People have done all kinds of crazy stuff because they got drunk. Oh, but pastor, I don't get drunk. I drink just one bottle. It's enough for me. I know how to control it. Just stop. Shut up. Stop all that nonsense. You don't know how to control nothing. <laughs> that, is the, that is why the Bible said, don't be wise in your own eyes. I know how to control it. One day, the devil is going to control you with that thing. The problem today is some people just want to show, they just want to belong. They want to belong. When they get, a, when they get around some people, they, they want to just show that, yes, I'm, pa- I'm part of this elite group. Don't, 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 don't accommodate people that pressure you to do wrong. I'm not going to please you. We, we got to Nigeria. We, we, we went to uh, the house of a, a friend of my wife. This was one and a half years ago. And they went out to honor us. I mean, this is an honorable family. Husband and wife. Great people. And it was the first time I was meeting them. And guess what? They put on the table for us. They brought wine. Very good wine. Put it on the table. They wanted to honor us. I've never met them. They've never met me. Of course, they know my wife. She's a friend of theirs. And they wanted to honor us. This is a man of God coming into your house. So they put this bottle of wine on the table. What do I do? This is where some people come under the pressure to please men. The Bible says the fear of men is a trap. I fear no man. I fear no man. I can't come under that pressure to drink just to impress. Oh, honey, let's drink because if we don't drink, they'll think we are weird people. I said no. I won't drink that. I'm, I thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Give me a bottle of malt. I'll drink that. Alcohol free. Oh, Pastor, it's 0.01%. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not drinking it. I'm not drinking it. Because I know what it means. I, I tell you, I almost lost my testimony years ago. And I'll tell you the story quickly. 
I went to visit some people. It was outreach. This was many years ago. I went out. There is this particular place I would go to to meet with people that will converge to drink and eat. So it was an opportunity for me to do ministry in places like that. Just like Jesus would do. Right? Jesus was called a friend of sinners. He was called a wine beaver. He was called a gluttonous man. Why? Because he was hanging out with people like that. Correct? Jesus was hanging out with them, but Jesus was not drinking with them. He was hanging out with them, but he was not a glutton. He was hanging out with them, but he was not a drunkard. <clears throat> so I would go to this particular restaurant. So one day, I got there, and a, a guy who knew me, wasn't even coming to this church, a guy who knew me then said, Oh, Pastor, um, can I buy you a pack of um, apple juice? I said, okay. So he brought me a pack of apple juice. They put it in the cup. Uh, and um, it was in the glass. And when they took the pack away, here is the glass and the apple juice content in it. And then later on, somebody walked in. The guy who walked in was sitting like right opposite me. And he saw the cup of apple juice on the table. And apple juice in a cup looks like beer. Kept looking at me. Kept looking at me. I stand here today and I praise God. You know why I praise God? Because the man said something to me that day. If he had said nothing, I would have lost my testimony before him. He said, Pastor, do you drink? Then it, it hit me. Oh my God, I looked at it all the while I didn't know that apple juice in a glass looks like beer. Until he said it. And then he hit me. And I said, oh no, my brother. No, no, this is apple juice. I said, somebody get in, bring me the pack. <laughs> Let me prove to him that this is not beer in this glass. It's apple juice. Guess what the guy would have walked out with? They are all the same. They are all the same. Even the pastor, they are all the same. They come preach to us, but they, behind closed doors, they have all kinds of things they do. They are all the same. My testimony would have gone just like that. But I praise God that he voiced it out, and I was able to clarify. The Bible says to flee from every appearance of evil. No, does not say evil. If it appears like evil... Flee from it. Mm. That's Christian maturity. Not evil. If it, if it looks like evil, flee from it. If it looks like evil, don't have any business with it. Because it looks like evil. Not because it is evil, but it looks like evil. Get so far from it. There are things you begin to learn the more you, <laughs> the more you walk with God, the more you pray, the more you study the Bible, the more you allow the Spirit of God to open your heart up to the truth and to revelation. You just begin to learn things that changes your life. Can someone say amen? amen. So I, I, you've got to learn how to flee from everything that looks like evil. If it will rob you of your testimony. Because see what the guy would have said. Oh, they, all, they are all the same. And then, then he would have gone around and told people in the neighborhood. 
that I saw the pastor of the River Church. He came to the restaurant where we all meet and drink, and there he was drinking beer. And in all honesty, I go there to preach the gospel. I do not go there to drink beer. I do not go there to just sit around. And, no, I, I go there. I mean, I've, I've talked to so many people there. But there I was, thinking I was drinking apple juice. Why someone thought I was drinking beer. Now, if he was a believer, let's just say he was a believer, and he saw me in that condition, I would have destroyed his faith. Because he was looking up to me. Why do you think he did not accuse or, uh, or talk to anyone else? Why would it be me? Because of who I am and because of who he knows me to be. Can someone say amen? amen. <laughs> Listen guys, people are watching. People are watching. That's why the, 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 the believer who, is, who has grown in the things of God does not live his life for himself anymore. My life, listen, I hear, oh, it's my life. Can I not do what I want with it? I'm sorry, it is not your life. The Bible says you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Both belong to God. Your body belongs to God. Your spirit belongs to God. You glorify God in your body and in your spirit because you've been bought with a price. You are no more your own. I do not own myself. In actual fact, I want to even go further to say to you, apart from the fact that God owns me, there are people in my life that own me too. I've got a wife. I've got children. I've got the church. All these people look up to me. I cannot live a careless life. I cannot say it's my life. It doesn't matter. I can do whatever I want. Because when I do, if I do whatever I want, somebody's life will be destroyed. So I cannot do whatever I want. And if I do whatever I want and someone's life is destroyed, God is going to hold me responsible. Listen, it's a huge responsibility, my friends. <laughs> are you getting my story now? Apart from you that is here today, there are even people in the society... Now we have the English, we have the French, we have the Turkish, we have the Arabic. They're all looking. I remember when I started preaching in the French congregation many years ago. A lady was in the service at the time. I came up to preach and she was there looking at me suspiciously. A pastor preaching and the lady looking at me suspiciously. And somebody came to me and said to me, Pastor, the ladies, this lady said... She, I mean, this was months later. I think it took like months or a year later. And the brother came to me and said, the lady did not believe in you. Why? Because you're from Nigeria. <laughs> that hurt me a little bit. That hurt me a bit. Because she said they are all the same. But she watched me and watched me and watched me. And watched me, and watched me, and watched me, and watched me. And she said, I, I believe in him now. People are watching. They may not tell you. 
They are watching every step you take, every move you make. They are watching. And the reason why God even said in this word, my name is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of you. Because your life is not a testimony. You have become a salt that has lost its taste. And when a salt loses its taste, the Bible says it will be thrown on the ground and men shall walk upon it. Because it has become useless. You can understand in this message that this is not a matter of right or wrong. Sin or... No, no. It's not about that. Is this right? Is this wrong? No, it's about a testimony. Say it with me. It's about a testimony. My life is a testimony. You are the light of the world. You've got to shine. Let men see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. You've got to add taste. When you meet with people, your life has got, has got to be so tasty that they will desire to know Jesus because of you. Salt makes people tasty. The more salt you eat, the more you want to drink. So when people hang around you as a child of God, they should desire to come to church, not run from church. If you go to that church, I won't. <clears throat> if you go to that fellowship, I won't. Why? Because your life has become tasteless. Or you've left a bad taste in their mouth. Anybody getting anything today? Praise God. Said mocking them because they thought they were full of new wine. 9 a.m. in the morning, these guys are drunk. <laughs> and you look at some Christians, they are drinking. They're, listen, they're drinking alcohol. Some are drunk on the world. Some are drunk on sexual sin. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good. And all kinds of sexual sin, fornication, adultery, uh, pornography, masturbation, name it. Oh, you think I won't say them? Drunk on stuff. Some are drunk on the world. It's just worldliness. The way they dress, the way they carry themselves. Says, you see them, you just see, this is worldliness. And for years with one people, you are worldly, you're becoming worldly. When a Christian who dresses like a Christian, oh, does a Christian dress a certain way? Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. When a Christian who dresses like a Christian now begins to dress like the world, that Christian is worldly. How else do we define worldliness? By the way you carry yourself, by the way you talk, by the friends you hang out with, because show me your friend and I'll show you who you are. Birds of the same feathers, they flock together. The way you talk, the kind of jokes, 
the kind of movies, the kind of comedy. And there you are laughing as the comedian is mocking God. Ha 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 ha. They're mocking the church. They're mocking Christ. Ha 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 ha. Worldliness. I mean, you, people, people stink. <laughs> stink. I mean, worldliness exudes from them. These are things to repent from. Can someone say amen? amen? And the reason why these men here could not tell that it was the Spirit of God moving in Acts 2, it's because they were worldly. Watch this. They came to celebrate Pentecost. One of the major religious feasts that God gave to the people of Israel. These guys came to celebrate Pentecost and they had no idea the one who sends the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine? You can be in church and still not know God. Verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these men <coughs> are not drunken, or these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which is 9 a.m., but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream dreams, and your, so your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. The day is coming. It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We shall give each one the opportunity to be saved today. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him having delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We've been looking at joy. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the Petrarch David. 
that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath uh, to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he himself saith, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Can someone say amen? amen. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So there is conviction right now. And they asked, what shall we do? I pray that there is conviction today. And people would ask the same question. What shall I do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them. Look at that word. Repent. Everyone say repent. That's what must be done. Repent. All I've been saying today requires a repentance. Requires repentance. Repent. When you repent, all your sins will be forgiven. When you repent, the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of God. When you repent, you will not go back to the life of sin and the flesh. So God is calling people to repentance. Can someone say amen? amen. Repent. 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 See, we, can't, we, cannot, we cannot preach revival and have revival without repentance. <coughs> Fact. We can't. Because, see, God might touch you in revival, but if there is no true repentance, it will leak out. The Bible says like a dog returning back to his vomit. So this revival is not just about a touch. It's about a change. Repentance is what guarantees and sustains revival. Repentance. So Father, today we come. <laughs> With every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come today before you. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that your mercies and your grace is profusely poured out upon us today. You require repentance. In Psalm 51, David said, you, 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 you require or you desire truth in the inward man. So Father, I pray today that as people truly repent and turn away from a life of sin and the flesh, the Lord, this revival that you have 
poured out amongst us will be sustained. The Lord, it's not just a touch, but it's a change. The Lord, we are changed from glory unto glory. The Lord, we are not like a dog returning back to his vomit. One moment excited, the next moment deflated. Lord, I pray that there's a work that is being done in the heart of everybody. And Lord, even those that are struggling with alcohol, those struggling with tobacco, those struggling with sexual sin, Lord, you know the stuff that people fight and struggle with daily. I ask, oh God, that even in this revival, as we pick up on Monday, Lord, that the delivering power of God will smack people. You will break them free. You will deliver them. You will break the bondage of the devil over their minds. You will set them free, spirit, soul, and body. Lord, we are asking you, O oh God, that as we devote our time even to this time of praying and fasting and to this time of revival, that, Lord, a mighty work shall be accomplished in each person. Those who have lost interest and passion for you, Lord, ignite it again. Ignite it again. May you be the love of our lives. May you be number one. Not a man, not a woman, not a boy, not a girl. Not our business, not our jobs, not our career. Lord, you number one. Amen. And every other thing will follow. It was says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Lord, may you be number one. That's our prayer today. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. amen. Have we been blessed? Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.